You're listening to Nerd Sessions. Hello and welcome to Nerd Sessions, Episode 9. With me as always, I have my co-host Mike. Hey everybody, how's it going? And uh, today on the episode, we'll be covering some board games, some news and current events, uh, some more things that we haven't really touched base on yet. Uh, uh, how's the week been, Mike? Uh, it's been a good week. Um, I got uh, got a nice long weekend this weekend. That was nice. Got to see some family from out of town. That was pretty cool. Um, my daughter is finally... I would say pretty much body trained, which was amazing. That so. is an achievement in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to go down to the pet store and got her. She wanted a fish, uh, once she, once she became a big girl. So that's what we did. And it was good. Did we get a goldfish? Uh, we did get a goldfish. Okay. Um, because that's, well, okay. Cheap. So she wanted an angelfish, but. When we were talking with the lady down at the the pet store, she's like, oh, "These ones are jumpers, and if you don't have a closed tank, yeah, it's probably not going to be a good fit." But so they can be temperamental too. They can be a little temperamental, yeah. I mean, we have an angelfish in our aquarium already, so okay. I thought we could probably get away with two of them. But uh, she picked this sort of large bulbousy goldfish. Um, she loves it, so that's all that really matters. Hey, she's happy. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, it. I think she named it Goo Goo Gaga because that's a baby name. Okay, so, that works. Uh, and she's not a baby anymore. I, I don't know. You know. Hey, whatever works, right? Children logic is amazing, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, what about you? How was your week? Uh, just getting over being sick. Uh, that's why we were kind of on that little absence there, but, uh, feeling better, uh, back to work, back to the grind, um, impatiently waiting for Pokemon. I'm not going to lie. It's very impatient. It needs to get here. Well, I think, uh, it's coming very, yes, very soon. It, it is. Yeah. It, it can't be soon enough. Sorry. Um, and, and, uh, exciting news on that. We're going to have, uh, an unboxing. Yeah. Program. We're going to do an unboxing video with that, uh, once we receive it. And get your first reactions to, to this epic limited edition 20th anniversary Pokemon. That I have to scour the interwebs for. <laughs> two I, weeks. I admire your tenacity. That was quite the look. I think, yeah, it was like two weeks you were looking everywhere. So You remember the, the movie uh, Galaxy Quest? Yes, I do. Yeah. Never give up, never surrender. <laughs> there you go. That's a good motto to have. Unless it costs you double. <laughs> <laughs> then just be like, yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, at that point, no, no. <laughs> but uh, moving into uh, our news and current events here, uh, you know, we, we've been seeing a lot of uh, Apple versus the FBI recently. Yeah, uh, and good on them for doing that. Yeah, um, we, we, I think you and I are definitely on the same page on this one. Um, but. I understand that it is important to get bad people, but it's a scare tactic to use this terrorist event to create a backdoor in the software. They can get into the phone. Mm -hmm. I know they can. I 
I'm positive that they could decrypt the information in the phone. They have the physical phone. They can find a way to do it. Um, and Apple has even offered to help. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, we'll give you our best minds to help you decrypt this phone, but we're not going to create you a backdoor. And they shouldn't. There's no, just absolutely. absolutely no reason for that. Completely agree. No, I, I think, you know, the phone in question, I think, shouldn't be the issue here. The issue needs to be primarily that the government is specifically asking and requesting that they develop something that does not currently exist, according to Apple, mm-hmm. which I'll take their word for it at this point. I can't prove otherwise. <laughs> but not only that, they want them to create it at no cost to the government. And this is going to take time to develop. Uh, I mean, it's not even a cost. Realistically, that the cost is not an issue. No. Um, it's just the fact that one of the major things that Apple stands on is the security of its software. Yes. Um, both its desktop software and, and its portable devices like the iPhone. And I think that it's, it's wrong for them to create a, a potential vulnerability in that software because if you create that kind of vulnerability, then perhaps the government, not the government, will find that vulnerability and find a way to attack it, and then they'll have your information. It, it's it's a total cluster, and there's just no way that that's good for anybody. Yeah. The, the phone in question, I think, should be taken care of given the circumstances and the situation so that they can continue through the investigation. Did you hear that but- McAfee? Uh, got involved and made a statement? Yeah, I saw that, saying that he could <laughs> do it in, like, 24 hours or whatever. Uh, no, he said uh, it was more realistic than that. I think he said uh, he would have the phone unlocked in, uh, in less than three weeks using social engineering tactics, mm. which is scary enough on its own, right? Yeah, you put enough out so, there. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> everyone's got something to say about it. All, all i got to say is... Uh, I stand behind Apple in the long term. Yeah, and I've always been a huge Apple fan. Actually, we were talking about this earlier. So right now, uh, Best Buy has that that, um, pre-order going for the new Samsung. The S7? Galaxy S7, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm due for an upgrade. Well, so am I. I'm going up almost three years. I really want want to get that S7, not because I want an S7, because I actually don't want to leave Apple. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, if you get the S7, uh, they're giving out a free uh, Samsung Gear VR rig uh, and 128 gigabyte um, uh, SD card for your phone. My question is, is, to you and anybody that might be enticed by the offer, how often do you think you're really going to use the VR, though? I mean, in all honesty. Well, don't get me wrong. It's okay. an awesome so, feature. True. I'm I'm probably not going to use the VR much right now because there's not that much for it that I'm super interested in. Fair enough. But VR's big right now, and I feel like having that if something comes out that I want to play, that's awesome. Fair enough. No, and I definitely understand that. I think if I was to buy any device that wasn't an Apple device, it would be a Samsung. Samsung electronics are high quality. I mean, they're good stuff. And I bought Samsung TV specifically because 
uh, bought Samsung smartphone for my wife and I can do the screencasting, uh, and display my phone games and <laughs> media and all that directly from my phone to my TV, which it works really well if we go camping. Uh, so we have a vacation property <clears throat> with a little like a cabin. Okay. So we download a couple movies from like, uh, like Xfinity or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can play them on my phone and display them on my big screen TV out of my property, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So it gets me TV out there without, you know, having to pay for TV out there. So fair enough. I don't know. I, well, I, I like it. Who has the VR, the, the Samsung VR headset. And from my understanding, after he got it, he used it in for like, you know, the initial you know, week or so, you know, oh, new toy, new toy. And sure. then after that, it just kind of sat around. And just sat around, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really like to play Minecraft, and I hear that it, it does pretty well in the VR, well, at least Oculus. Um, So that would be kind of a cool thing I'd like to experience. Would I play it all the time in VR? Probably not. Yeah. Um, But well, I mean, also. Like, just like we talked about after the retro gaming expo, man. You know the uh, the that uh, Game Boy, um, oh, uh, uh, Virtual Boy. <laughs> oh right, right, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I- I'm excited. VR, I mean, I think is going to be a pretty amazing environment. Well, uh, speaking of VR, uh, yeah, HTC finally. Price their Vive. Did you see that? I did not. How much is HTC wanting for the Vive? So the Vive, <laughs> uh, the dev kits were around the same cost as the Rift, so and they're about two fifty. Yeah, right around that that price point for the dev kits. And then Rift announced their Oculus announced the Rift price point at uh, five hundred. Well, the Vive will run you a whopping. Eight hundred dollars. Who? Yeah, that's high. Yeah, I mean that's more than a console. You could almost buy two consoles depending on what you're buying. Right. That's really high. I'm surprised. I was a little bit taken back on it too. I, I was I was a bit shocked uh, by that price point. I I just don't see it being realistic for the price point for what they're doing with it. I mean. I don't think it'd be realistic for the Vi or for the Rift either. No, I think I, I think that's high. But again, it's early technology, and early technology prices are way high. I remember uh, when I was a kid, what the Nest came out at was it one hundred ninety nine or was it ninety nine? Uh, I don't remember. I was too young. Uh, <laughs> either way, it was it was a figure that is very, very high. Like if you equate for inflation today, I was, I was reading a statistic on it. It was, it's a very expensive gaming console and it's huge, but I mean, the price came down and then everybody bought them. So I think early technology always has a really high price mark and that's just to pay for the development of that technology. And then they bring the price down once everyone's willing to adopt and and spend that cash. Yeah. I just actually looked it up and the, Super NES was uh, one ninety nine. So the Super NES was two hundred bucks. Yeah. So I'm going a little bit old school with the actual Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, that was also one ninety nine. It looks like. Yeah, it was two hundred bucks. Okay, and yeah. for the time, I mean, that was a lot of money. 
Unless you bought one of the, the bundle deals. They were priced between one ninety nine and two forty nine. I remember back in that time, um I I'm not sure if there's any kind of statute of limitations, but I, I'm pretty sure that my parents were stealing cable. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the time when you could like we had this box. I think they bought it like down at the local PUD office. Like you could buy a cable box. Yeah. And <laughs> and my dad just climbed up on the pole outside our house and screamed the cable. cable. <laughs> <laughs> and we had cable. Oh. Uh, yeah. Good times. So, uh, you know, they had the, the, the console TV. I mean, you don't really see those hardly at all anymore. But no. Where the tubes basically built into a cabinet. Those uh, TVs. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when I first moved out... And got my own place. My dad gave me that TV. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Take so, it. And that TV, I moved it with me like twice, I think. Oh, and God. The third time I moved it, like, I'm not lifting this TV. I'm never moving this TV again. <laughs> yeah, because that thing weighs like, like half a ton. <laughs> it weighs so much. But it was a really good TV. It lasted forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good times. My parents still have uh, an old TV where it's got the... Uh, like hidden, like little retractable shade thing that you pull up in front of it so you can't see the screen, and then if you turn the TV on, it automatically drops the shade down. What? <laughs> yeah, it's from like the 1980s or 70s. I have never, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, it's got the little knobs on the front so you can adjust the tint and color and stuff like that, and it has this little screen that uh, you can pull up, and it cla- it like clips up at the top, and it stays shut. Until you turn the TV off or you press the little button to bring the little thing down and it retracts on its own. That's cool. (laughs) You're going to have to get me, like, make and model and stuff so I can look that up because that sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) I don't even know what year it's from. I just remember them having it for the longest time. And it was in, uh, like, our our den or family room at Mm -hmm. one point. Mm -hmm. And it was turned off. The curtain thing, the little retractable privacy thing was up. And... I think I fell asleep on the couch and I rolled over on the remote and hit the power button, apparently. And the noise that it makes when that curtain drops, it's like it wakes you up without question. <laughs> like every time. And you just yeah. jump. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I'm going to have to come over and see that and experience <laughs> that. Maybe when we do the unboxing vid or, or I don't know. We'll Whatever. Either way, yeah. Um, hiding my Vader saber from you, though. Uh, well... I'm an excellent finder of things. So, uh, Sony, Sony, uh, came out with some VR, uh, news. Well, I guess it got leaked really. It's uh, this week. Yeah. They filed some patents, um, for the game glove. So they're bringing that back, uh, as part of their VR. It looks really cool. I'm not sure how the hand motions will work. They look drawings in the patent requests. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, obviously, some of this stuff is pretty. Some of them are pretty self-explanatory. Pretty self-explanatory. Hold your hand out like a pistol and pull in your finger to. The one I don't understand. If you look at the the diagram, there's one called Figure Nine Bravo Nine B, and in the lower portion to show you what it's supposed to be representing, it looks like your hand's supposed to be holding flowers, but it looks like it's supposed to be rotating it left and right. Yeah, but I don't. The, the figure for the motion above it, it shows that you're doing like the peace sign and you're rotating your hand. I'm like, oh, that it may, I don't understand that. Maybe you're just like wiggling your fingers. 
you know? Well, you're not even wiggling the fingers. I think you're, like, actually rotating your entire wrist. Rotating your entire hand. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, because it looks like it's going to use, like, a motion capture, not only with the glove, but with the, like, the Sony eye camera. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe the, it has to correspond with the glove movement plus what the camera picks up. And so it has to pick up those fingers extended up in order to do that motion. Yeah, it's interesting from the diagram, too, because it seems like the gaming experience that they're going for here is sort of a cloud-based gaming. That's what it looks like, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure Cause it looks how like, that all works. Yeah, because in their figure that they release of like the entire setup, it's like it's your cloud gaming to the network to a computer, which has your camera, and then you have the glove and VR headset, and they're all plugged into the computer. Now, what I can't tell and what does look interesting from the diagram is it almost looks like the headset is wired to the computer. In that I, figure, yeah, it looks like and, it is. And I feel like it being a wireless headset is going to be a better situation. So I, I do hope that it is wireless. But it looks good either way. Um, I don't think there's really any wireless VR stuff right now. No, but it's not, it's not that much of a leap. Right? No, absolutely not. No, it's um, definitely something that will happen at some point. I mean, if they can make the if they can make the gaming cloud based uh, without latency issues or or lag, uh, then they should be able to make the the yeah. uh, the controllers a wireless situation as well. Yeah, so. and one thing you also have to remember, even though they've patented something or requested a patent on it, it's not going to guarantee that this is ever actually going to get released. And it doesn't mean it's anywhere near close yeah. to a release date either. So. But here's here's my fingers crossed for a game glove because yeah. that would be awesome. Well, and it looks like they they did three patents. It looks like a thumb controller, the glove interface object, and uh, systems and methods for providing the feedback. Yeah, yeah. So they're patenting but, pretty much every aspect of the hand gear. Yeah. So. And it's basically going to be like the old power glove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally down for a power glove. I think it'd be interesting. If, if I could somehow use a power glove with my PC, I'm going to have to check the internet out because I still have a power glove. If I could totally hack that and make that my keyboard and just type on my forearm, that would be awesome. I'm sure there's a way. I'm, I, there's got to be a way, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, with Raspberry Pis, you can build anything, right? So, Anywho, uh, board games is what we were going to talk about this week. Yeah, our big topic for uh, the board games here. So, what is your favorite board game of all time? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I probably have to go with, like, Axes and Allies, because that was one that uh, my cousins and I always got into around the holidays. You know, we'd get together for family, and we'd always try to get a game in. Granted, it never always got finished, but... No, um, no. Axis and Allies play a lot like Risk. It's long. Very, and the setup <laughs> process is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but it's good. It's like Risk on steroids. It's a good game. Yeah, it is a good game. I'd say that's probably one of my fondest uh, memories with board games and um, stuff like that. Otherwise, I don't know. I'd probably have to go with something a little more along the line of like uh, maybe like Clue. Clue. Many hours, um, many hours playing Clue. It's all about, you know, one of the, I was always really good at Clue, actually, um, because aside from marking your, your own, you know, 
clues that you get from people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watch what other people give other people, sometimes you can know what they showed them, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just by process of elimination, you're like, oh, well, I have these cards, so they must have shown him that card, right? So it kind of gives you a leg up if you if you really get into it. Well, and one that I kind of got into as well for a little while, this one didn't really take off um, from what I remember. I don't even know if you can still get it. But uh, when I was l- probably about 11 or so, there was a board game released in, like, 98 called Who Done It? You remember that one? You know, it, uh, it sounds familiar. It was kind um, of like a clue I- game, but the way it worked was... Um, each person, like it was four players, and you had mm-hmm. like this little base, and on the base was four different handsets with four different colors, and you basically took your turns and you had to, you know, pick the phone up and dial whatever number that corresponds with the cards and try to figure out who did the crime. So you had an actual like phone? Yeah. Like that was like a handset that was built into it? So, so think of it like, um, like one of those conference device like phone device yeah, yeah, yeah. that sits on a desk but yeah, yeah. four uh telephone handsets to it huh. so one on basically each side of it and then the players take on the role of a detective um and players take turn calling in for clues uh which are delivered via the only your handset on the phone oh so you get a clue every time you pick up the phone and and dial in every yeah. time it's your turn you get a little clue yeah oh that's interesting that sounds like a lot of fun yeah. Um, we might have to scour the Amazons for that. Well, and then, like, some of them are also delivered through, I believe there was, like, a speaker um, in the the center where it was, like, an all-point oh, so like, kind of like scenario. group clues or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then players record clues on a special playing sheet provided uh, to track individual suspects. Uh, and then you keep it uh, on, like, this little, like, chip. And the way it's worded in the description that I'm reading Um they're kept on an Atari-style chip that is plugged into the machine, and the game comes with one chip of mysteries um, to have, a, and an additional one to have. Or there's more chips available that you can get as well. You can buy them like expansions or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. I would say, personally, man, I really like Risk. Like any flavor of Risk is a really fun board game for me. I can get down on all of them. Actually, I I have played almost every version of Risk out there. Um, But the classic one is probably my favorite. Um, Although Godstorm was pretty good. That was, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of flavors, and they all kind of add different things, so that's kind of fun. Unlike Monopoly, like Monopoly, no matter which version you're playing, it's still the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're playing Star Wars Opoly or UWopoly or or whatever, it's it's pretty much the exact same game. Just get the expensive properties, uh, get all the properties, and you win, right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and somebody sort flips of a, the table or the the yeah. board and gets pissed <laughs> off and storms off after four and a half hours. I never did play the electronic Monopoly though. They they came out with a version that had like debit cards and stuff. You could Hasn't play there been like a couple versions of that actually? Yeah, I just never I never got into the electronic Monopoly, but uh, well, whatever. 
I don't know. I'm more of a, I really like war games. Like Risk is really cool. Um, I really enjoy playing miniatures based war games, uh, like Warhammer. Have you, have you done any miniatures based war gaming at all? I've looked into it. I've never actually tried it myself though. Um, I mean, I, I kind of looked into like Games Workshop, if you're familiar with them. I don't know if oh, they're still yeah. around. Yeah, no, yeah, they're definitely still around. Uh, Games Workshop, they're, I don't want to say they had financial troubles, um, but Games Workshop closed a lot of their retail outlets, um, let go a lot of their staff so that each individual Games Workshop store just, <coughs> excuse me, uh, each individual Games Workshop store is run by like one person now who is the manager and runs the store. So most of them are only open like five days a week and then they'll clo- they'll be closed like midweek days. Um, but yeah, they're definitely still open and you can still get their stuff. And honestly, you can buy a lot of their stuff online. So huh. um, it's a game that requires a lot of time. And the thing about miniature wargaming is that it's not cheap. No, because uh, you matter. have to buy the uh, all the pieces. And you can uh, one of the things I saw when I was looking into it way back when um, was you can actually get pieces that aren't painted, and you can do it yourself to customize them. And not only can you, you have to. Uh, oh, so okay. the pieces all come on skew, um, sort of like a model. Uh, like if you ever built a model, right? Everything yeah. comes on those plastic boards and you got to clip off all the pieces and trim them up and, and glue them together. And then you got to prime them and then you got to paint them and then you can play them. So it's a really fun hobby, but expensive. It, it takes, it takes time to get to actually playing the game, which is, is sort of the, the downfall of it. If you don't have the time, then you're not really going to get into it, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I definitely would recommend it to to really anyone. Um, uh, the nice thing about it is you customize, you build your own game essentially. So you you pick some faction that you like. Um, it, you know, it really depends on which game you're playing. But we'll just say Warhammer 40k for this instance, because that's where I have the most um, knowledge. Uh, they have like uh, Space Marines, and then they got like dark elves and they got um like undead robot t1000 type armies and they got orcs and they got all this different stuff uh and so you pick whichever you like Mm -hmm. and then you have different types of troops um so you have like general ground troops and then you have like jump troops and and uh you have vehicles and you just build whatever you want to build and each individual piece has a point value depending on what you put on it and and you'll go up against someone else's army that is an equal point value gotcha so it's totally customizable which means that each individual game you play is always different so it's kind of spendy up front but there's a lot of replayability factor hmm so yeah, I've never really ventured into it. I think it'd be interesting to give it a shot at one point, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you want to get a feel for the flavor or, or of the world or whatever, you know, there's some really cool video games that have come out for it um, that are pretty fun. So that's worth a try. And they have some, like, starter kits that come with two small armies that you can buy. And then, 
you can assemble and paint those. They're pretty basic minis, but it's a good way to get a feel for the game. So Gotcha. Well, I don't know. I've played some of the Warhammer games, um, some of their strategy games and stuff like that. Uh, some of their strategy games have been pretty good on the PC, but some of their other games um, that are more than just like, you know, a strategic base game seem to bomb really bad. Yeah. You know, part of the problem is, is that their fan base is built around this miniatures war game, right? That's mm-hmm. where everyone's coming from. And their video games really don't, don't bring it up. Aspect. Yeah, I, I would love to see their video games be sort of RTS style, mm-hmm. but good, and <laughs> and and that hasn't happened. So, you know, oh, there was one that I have. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But uh, one of them I have, I I kind of enjoyed for the most part. Like I didn't think it was a bad strategy game. Like it's an RTS game, but it wasn't bad. But I don't know. But it wasn't I, amazing. RTS is a very hard genre to be amazing at, though. Well, I f- I understand that it is a hard genre to be to be amazing at, but like in my my opinion, RTS best most amazing game ever for RTS personally is the Command and Conquer series. Command and Conquer specifically series. Red Alert. Yeah, yeah, Red Alert's pretty good. Um, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Red Alert is pretty what? It's pretty good. No, no, I no, mean, no, no. Uh, Red uh, Alert is amazing. Okay. Well, I I don't know that I would go there. I I really liked the Total War series. I I think Total War was a very well done RTS. Yeah, I could see that. Uh there was another one that one of my cousins and I got into pretty heavily uh Lords of the Realm. Do you remember that one at all? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Lords yeah. of the Realm's a good game. Yeah, yeah. I remember that cuz not only did you have like the RTS aspect of kind of like a civilization or Sim City where you have to, you know, work on your uh civilization, mm-hmm. people and, you know, economy and whatnot. You also had the the battle side of the RTS where you actually had your troops. And I believe it was in the Lord of the Realms, I want to say 2, uh where they actually introduced you could actually control your units on the battlefield. So you could have like your archers in the back and then they have like your ram and spear go up to the door if you're going up against a fortified enemy. Yeah, yeah. I think that was two. I'm I'm pretty sure you're right there. Um we're totally have veered off the topic of the board games <laughs> and it's the electronic realm here. Uh so let's uh let's talk about well, let's talk about a not board game board game. Um RPGs. Like Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Yeah. Been a while, but yeah, I remember <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Man, I still got I I still play. I, I don't even play. know the last time I played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh well, certainly it's been a while. We actually uh we had a little campaign going and then pretty much everyone in the party died, so well, let's see. So we were going to start a new campaign, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it's pretty frustrating when everybody dies except for one guy. So well, I remember uh, I was the one guy who lived. Just saying. So that's why everybody quit. <laughs> well, no. So like, uh, I think I'd say my most recent with um, like Dungeons and Dragons style games for me would have been. Uh, was it back in November? We did. A, I was part of an Extra Life group, and for Extra Life, one of the people um, 
like came up with this board game. I don't know exactly where it came from or what the heck the name was of it, but it was really random and really weird. But there was like twelve people playing. They all sat around this table for like six hours just yeah. playing it. No, yeah, that sounds like a D and D. And it was really weird because like at one point in time, like I, I walked through there because they were all up where like all the food and drinks and everything were, and somebody was like, "Oh yeah, the uh, the kinky boots." Uh, unicorn. I was like, what the hell are they doing? That, that sounds like pretty strange. Like, what? Apparently they were all unicorns or horses and like one of them was kinky boots, another one was bondage. I'm like, what in the heck are they doing? Was it like, were you hanging out with your bronies again? Yes, yes I was. <laughs> Even though uh, you're the brony. Oh, well, uh, I think that's questionable. I just learned what Sparkle Dash was, so. I don't even no, know. No, see, it's Rainbow Dash. See, I can't even say it right. I have I no know. idea what you're talking about. Well, there, there's a puzzle. It's a three-foot floor puzzle that my daughter likes to put together. It's got lots of ponies on it. Okay. So uh, one of them is Rainbow Dash, and the other one is Sparkle something. I'll take your word for it. Sparkle Princess. I've got no idea. Flying pony thing. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, but, uh, RPGs. So, uh, I think I I started playing RPGs. I was in maybe junior high at the time. I think I was in high school, like a freshman. I feel I might have been a freshman. I know I got out of school and I didn't didn't have to go to daycare. But I couldn't go home, so I'd go to the library and I'd hang out with these guys. We play rifts. You ever play rifts? I don't think so. That was pretty fun. Uh, so it's sort of, you, you. It's sort of a futuristic type RPG. Uh, you uh, well, there's lots that you can do. At that point in time, I I I was big on the fact that it had like mechs, so you could build like mechs and like pilot a mech and be like a mercenary in a mech. I don't know. It was good fun. Uh, and then from there, I actually graduated into D&D and started playing that with some guys. Huh. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, too. And then one of my friends actually wrote and published his own RPG. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, it was like a post-apocalyptic RPG. Okay. Um, so you're basically getting... I mean, Fallout. Think Fallout. You yeah. got general gist of what's going on. Um, it's called Darwin's World. It's actually pretty cool. I think uh, that actually sounds vaguely familiar. I'm pretty sure you can buy it on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. But no, he's a really cool guy. Um, it's a really well made game. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually got fired from a job because of that game. <laughs> so I worked at a, at a Seven Eleven, right? You were the back plane, weren't you? I was not. You were late to work. But he was, uh, so it hadn't been published yet. I had the rough draft copy and I was reading it to get a feel for it and check for rules and that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Uh, and just check for broken, broken mechanics. And, uh, I was really, I mean, it was really good. Like I was really into it. I was reading it. There were two of us working and it was the slowest day in history. I probably read that book for like six hours of my shift. <laughs> Ooh. Right? Because there's just nothing going on. And, uh, you know, I stocked the fridge or whatever. And then um, there was no problem. Everyone got serviced. But 
my boss came in the next day and was like, hey, I was watching you on the security camera. You were reading your whole shift. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing I was doing. They're like, okay, well, have a good day. I'm like, <laughs> all right, later. So I don't need you anyway. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go play some games. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like my early 20s. <laughs> all right. I was, uh, I wasn't, maybe, maybe just into my 20s. Yeah. So it was good times. Uh, it was a great game though. So if anyone has a, has a love for RPGs, definitely uh, check it out. It's Darwin's World. Uh, it's on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. So, <laughs> uh, I tried it, my hand at it. It's been years though. I actually had like a, like a little, one of those plastic, like filing cabinet, like little things. Oh. Tote that you can carry around that I had full of stuff. You were all organized. Yeah, the only thing I didn't have in there was die. I didn't. I never bought any die. Never had any die. You no. bought your own dice. Well, no. I gotta say, graph paper, everything else that I needed, but that. All the things, but no dice. Yeah. Uh, that's like the first. Like, if people like would join our group or whatever, the first thing we do is take them to a game store and make them buy their own dice because you don't share your dice. No, it's, that I already knew. You don't let other people touch your dice. Yeah, it's not okay. No, your die are sacred. What about uh, what about card games? You play any card games? Are we talking like pinochle and poker? Well, no, I, I, I was. I mean, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> I've never played pinochle, but I, 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 I can play a mean poker. So, uh, no, uh, collectible, collectible card games. Okay, uh, so like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Magic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I collected Pokemon cards the first gen. Uh, when they first came out, because I was like eight. Um, but you know, yeah, I I had a really big collection of Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. and I can't for the life of me figure out how I got them. I don't remember. I remember, but I had a time. huge collection of Pokemon cards, and I carted those around for forever. And they got, finally, I just I don't know what I did with them. I gave them away. I still have mine. Like, I gave him to a kid. His kid was like, oh, I have Pokemon cards. I was like, oh, you like Pokemon cards? Here, here's binders full of Pokemon cards. Take that. And here's a box of duplicates. Have that, too. I have a uh, <laughs> zipper binder. Like, it's a binder that you can zip closed. Okay. That is completely filled from front to back with nothing but first-generation Pokemon cards. You got a complete set? Uh, No. No? I used to. The, the big one's gone. It got stolen. Uh. Oh no! Someone stole your your one card you need for your complete set. Holographic Charizard. Oh wow! Big money. Yeah. What's that worth? Uh, I don't even know what it's worth anymore. I don't want to look because it it'll yeah. just make me cry. Don't look on the internet for that. <laughs> for your lost. Interesting set. story though, based off of that. Uh, actually, since we brought that up, I was at a uh, new restaurant that opened here locally. It's a chain a sandwich shop. Um, when I was in there eating. And a family of about four or so came in, and they had a little boy, probably about, I don't know, six or seven, maybe eight at the oldest, mm-hmm. who had uh, those little, you know, the those plastic sleeves that you can put cards in and mm-hmm. keep them mm-hmm. nice and neat and organized. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He had, like, two or three of those that were all, like, bundled up, and he put them on the table, and it caught my eye because it made, you know, that sound. I wasn't paying much attention when he right. threw it down. Right. I look over. It's Pokemon cards. Awesome. I was like, you know, I don't really see people outside of like card and comic shops that actually have them anymore. No, it's it's still huge. Um, so I don't know if I told you this ever before. I actually used to work at a game shop. I think you told me that. Uh, I worked at a game store down in Bellevue. Um, it was it's an awesome place. 
Um, but it had it got a lot of like Microsoft type clientele coming mm. in there. Yeah. And the collectible card games were huge. Yeah. Uh, plus it, it was like an unpaid daycare, right? <laughs> right. That's like, how my old internet cafe used to be. <laughs> oh, hey, you don't want kids? These, Drop them off like, here. Oh, it's three o'clock. Everyone's out of school and they're here. Yeah. At our tables playing games. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of games. And I didn't actually ever really play magic until I worked at the game store. Okay. Uh, so these, uh, these people that come in to buy like booster packs of, of card games, um, magic primarily at the time. Uh, although there was still quite a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh and actually some Warhammer too. Warhammer has a collectible card game. Uh, mm-hmm. or, uh no, not Warhammer, Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Wow. Yeah, World of Warcraft has their own, or Warcraft. I'm not sure if it's World of Warcraft specific, but yeah, they yeah. they tried their hand. I don't know if they're still producing any new cards or not, but they also have uh, their like virtual card game of uh, Hearthstone that you can play too. Yeah, yeah, they got Hearthstone, which which looks like a lot of fun. I probably will check that out. It's not bad uh, for a free game. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks it looks good. So I might I might give that a try. Maybe you'll have to to show me the ropes on on how to actually play the game because the footage I've seen of it seems slightly confusing. It is until you pick it up. They have a pretty decent tutorial, though. But, um, so I got lots of magic cards for free because these people, uh, these guys would come in and they'd buy, you know, 10 packs of cards, right? Yeah. They'd open them all and they'd take anything that wasn't a duplicate that was good. Yeah. And in I don't know if you've ever collect you know, bought lots of collectible booster packs, but basically in a pack of magic cards you have one really good card, mm-hmm. um potentially, and then you have a couple of medium cards, and then you have a bunch of filler. Gotcha. Like you're basically buying the pack for one or two cards. So long story short, I got just hundreds of cards just given to me and then we ran like uh magic tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. um so the guy who who ran the tournaments for us helped me build a couple of decks to get me started i had some pretty awesome decks um some pretty fast pretty killer decks that cost me no money so nice uh for me it was a really great experience <laughs> there's lots of guys out there who are like uh I scraped together all my change. Can I get a booster pack? <laughs> it's like a direct deal. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, man, you can't get a booster pack. Go get some cash and bring it back here. This is not a coin star, okay? Well, on a, on a little <laughs> side note here, I decided to look it up, and I was right. I shouldn't have looked it up. Oh, uh, what? Do, how much? Uh, first generation holographic starts at looks like two twenty. Two hundred twenty. And goes all the way up to about three twenty five. Oh, that's not terrible, though. It's not like it's a $10,000 card or something. Give it a couple of years. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just don't ever look again. Just know now. Yeah. Well, why don't you buy it now? Yeah, no, I'm good. Steal. Buy it and just spend 220 on it. You don't need a chameleon. I, I, I think I spent like five bucks on the original one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh, the only complete set of cards I've ever collected, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And it's not even a game. Yeah, I don't think I ever had any of their trading cards. I remember them, but I don't think I ever actually had any of them. Yeah, they had a trading card uh, that came out, and it had... I still have, actually, the complete set. 
Um, I was able to, to get the complete set. It was funny because it was a really short run of the cards. And like at the end, I was scrambling to find places that actually had booster packs so that I could get the complete set together. But, uh, I did end up getting the complete set together and, uh, I have it and it is in my parents' safety deposit box still. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Cause at that time I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't there. Uh, I was, you know, I was young and I wasn't going to be carrying them around with me when I was moving around from place to place as a as young, young and naive as we all do. Right. Yeah. So the reason we're so psyched about board games is because we have tabletop simulator. Yeah. On steam. Yeah. We uh, picked that up on steam. Um, actually, you know, I found they have some add ons, you know, steam workshop stuff. Mm hmm. They actually have some for Warhammer. Do they? So if you wanted to learn to play Warhammer, we could get you on Tabletop Simulator and I could show you how to play. I may have to check into this. Yeah. Because I know we've already got things like uh, Exploding Kittens and Cards Against Humanity, uh, just to name a few. But uh, Yeah, and I played that rousing, rousing game of Battleship. <laughs> with Chris the other day. <laughs> uh. Uh, no, it's fun. It's a great game, and it's not nearly as clunky as I thought it would be. No, that was one thing I was afraid of when I first saw it, too. Uh, I was afraid that it might be clunky and whatnot. It's I saw somebody hard to control. Punch. That was my concern, is that everything would be hard to control. But it's not bad. Uh, the controls are really well designed, so... Yeah, they're, they're really good uh, put together. They even have, like, the World of Warcraft board game, if anybody remembers that. Uh, in the, the workshop. I mean, these are all things that you can download for free to add on to the game itself, which already has essentially everything that you would need to basically play essentially any board game that, or not even board game, but anything tabletop for the most part. Um, the generic things, anyway. I mean, we downloaded it and got, what, Battleship, Clue, uh, The Game of Life. We even found uh, a unique game uh, that we haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, well, actually, our friend Chris has. Uh, the Mario Kart board game. Yeah, yeah, that looked really cool. I had, I was hoping that we would get a chance to get into that, but we, we haven't had a chance to test it out yet. Not yet. And I think it would be fun to stream it. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll aim for our, our first live stream uh, probably on uh, Monday... Uh, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, what do you think about the 14th? Because I know our schedules are kind of wonky. Yeah, so we got that uh, unboxing for tomorrow. Uh, maybe we could, it, it all really depends on time, depending on how the unboxing goes. We'll see what uh, happens. We can, we can see about maybe getting a little streaming together. Uh, I know tomorrow's a really busy day for both of us, but definitely on the 14th for sure. Uh, I'd love to see a live stream get out there. Um, also, I've been streaming intermittently, um, and I'm probably going to start up a morning stream, uh, like Sweet. a daily morning stream for like an hour Yeah. Uh, for our channel, just uh, when I get up and, and uh, read all the newses and play some video games on the stream. I think that would be good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do that. But <laughs> Well, you'll be at work, so yeah. uh, the benefits of working the late nights, right? Yeah, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you got a pretty sweet gig now. So, 
Well, you know, uh, it's something that uh, I think I'll start working on too, aside from, you know, our bi-weekly, because I think that'll be our primary aim is a bi-weekly live stream uh, on Twitch um, once, you know, our schedules line up a little bit better. Uh, and then uh, I think on my weekends, because I get those three days off in a row, I think uh, I might venture into it a little bit on uh, Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, I could definitely check you out while I'm working because I have that ability. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> well, sometimes it gets real slow where I work. This is very true. Uh, and, and there's some good good time to watch some streams while I'm working because I can't really get involved in a game myself because that'll yep. probably get me fired. But potentially, <laughs> I can watch someone else play a game and just tune them out. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm guilty of that one too myself from time to time. But uh yeah, so let's uh let's shoot on the on the fourteenth for sure. Yeah, fourteenth. Um we're gonna be doing some board games for the live stream. Yeah, we'll do some and, tabletop. Uh for the tabletop sim. If any uh audience members wanna get involved and uh and join us for the stream, that would be awesome. Yeah, so absolutely. If you have tabletop simulator and you wanna join us, uh hit us up uh on Facebook. You can send us a message. We're usually pretty available to reply. Um, at least one of us is, um, or you can hit us up on Twitter, um, you know, Nerd Twitter, Sex. Facebook, uh, you can also message us on SoundCloud, right where we upload, uh, and we'll work on more on the website and get that all squared away. If you don't have tabletop sim and it's something you want to look into, pretty cheap, uh, 20 bucks for, uh, just a standalone game. And there is some DLC for it that's official that you can download, not a requirement, though, but uh, there's a lot of workshop items. Uh, I mean, you name it, it's probably already available. Yeah, I mean, most of the classics are all there, um, and it has some pretty cool online play options available. There's some servers running where you can just game with people who want to game, uh, want to play some board games, um, so that's that's really awesome. Yeah, and I love the fact that you can even create your own little uh, RPG. It's got all the figures and stuff that you need for it. Yeah, so. I mean, if you wanted to make your own board game, Tabletop Simulator would be a really cool way to go about making a prototype. Yeah, a good concept builder. Yeah, because you could just grab, I mean, pretty much any game piece that exists for a, like your standard board games has already been created as a piece within the within the game itself so that you could build your board and, and you can pull in was it pen so there's like a digital tablet in the in the table oh, like a little iPad thing yeah 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 that you can um you can put Pandora in that thing <laughs> you can put a lot of stuff in that thing yeah sure. well it won't play videos but it'll do audio stream so that's kind of cool um so we had announced in our last podcast, uh, which was two weeks ago now, uh, that we are doing a movie premiere for Batman v Superman March 25th. So that's just a little less than a month away uh, for this week's contest for the Batman v Superman bonus entries. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us who is your favorite villain from the DC Universe? Leave a comment on our SoundCloud or Facebook for this post and uh, uh, leave your comment and we'll get your bonus entries into the next drawing. I can dig it. Now, for the bonus entries, 
well, I think we should bump it up this week since we didn't really get uh, a big response on the first one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought for sure we were going to get some cosplay picks. Uh, no, we, we kind of agreed on the first one that we were going to do what? I think it was two bonus entries or three? Uh, we did five. Was it five? Uh, for, for cosplay picks or videos or impressions, yeah, we were going to do five entries for that. Okay, well, I think for this one, why don't we double it to ten? Ten. All right, I can dig it. So ten bonus entries to our Batman v Superman premiere night. Come see the video with us, hang out, um, and uh, and join us uh, to talk about it after the show. Uh, ten bonus entries. Tell us who your favorite DC villain is. All right, so there we have it, our uh, second bonus entry event. And be sure to look for the bonus entries on each and every episode leading up to the announcement, uh, which we will announce on the episode the weekend before the actual release of the movie. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the calendar here. The movie's coming out on the 25th. So we will be announcing on the 20th of March our winner. So that leaves you two more bonus entry episodes to get your keywords in after this one. Actually, three, because we still have three episodes to do between now and then. Well, that's true. Yeah. So are we going to give out bonus entries on the 20th? Let's do it. Well, we still have uh, one episode, and then we have got two more for the beginning of March. We still have one February episode left. Well, dude, it's the 28th. We still have our 10th episode. Our 10th episode is coming out as well. That's right. I yeah. can't really space it. <laughs> so, yeah, 10th episode of Stravaganza. That episode's going to come out. and uh, I'm not sure I'm prepared for that one. Oh, it's going to be big. We got, Well, depending on how big it goes. All the bigness. I think for our 100th episode, we'll have to make it even bigger. I mean, I got an army of 10-year-olds uh, that are, are willing to celebrate our 10th episode. Uh, they're going to do a choreographed uh, recreation of, uh, no, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I was going somewhere I was there. Say, this is very know. interesting that you got 10-year-olds for our 10th episode. Yeah. This, yeah. this seems odd to me. But okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably probably went creepy when I said an army of 10-year-olds. So. Well, not only that, considering your, your oldest isn't even 10. That, that's kind of oh, creepy. That's okay. I mean, you know. Uh, You're going to be that creepy guy? No, I'm not going to be that creepy guy. There's no 10-year-olds, all right, everybody? We have zero 10-year-olds, and certainly we would not pay children uh, to, uh, to to do work for our show because that's, uh, I'm sure, a violation of some labor law somewhere. Okay, this is just getting creepy now. Yeah, yeah. I think we should just let that go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Moving on. <laughs> uh, it's been a great episode and a great week. Um, it has, and I'm looking forward to episode 10 with everything that uh, we've got going on with that. Make sure you check it out. Be sure to get your bonus entries uh, for Superman and Batman. Uh, we look forward to you know seeing what we have to work with uh, and look forward to your responses. Uh, but, Mike, I think we are pretty well done here with uh, Episode 9 with our board games. We've basically covered this all. Yeah, that's going to wrap it up for me. Um, On a side note, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, as we were mentioning before with the Who Done It board game, uh, I actually found one. Did you? $30. Well, swoop that up. I may have to, actually. So I'm going to see what I can do for that, and maybe in the future we'll even do a live stream of that, even though that one might be kind of tricky. You know, before we close out, I did want to uh, give an honorable mention. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we were recently uh, contacted by one of our listeners 
who's doing some really cool uh, creative art. Um, her name is Mel Paradise. Uh, she's running an Etsy store. She's going to hook us up with some sweet swag. Uh, she does pixel art. Are you familiar with that at all, Kevin? Yeah, uh, based off of what uh, she shared with us, it, it looks really interesting. Uh, we actually ran into her, I believe, at uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo uh, you know, in January. I'm sure we might have seen her there. Um, she has some pretty cool stuff. She does a lot of conventions and things. Um, so she she was tuning in and wanted to know if uh, if we would let people know. So we're going to throw the link to her Etsy store uh, in the description for this episode. Um, and she's going to send us some cool samples that we'll uh, maybe maybe add to our charity events or or just put in our live streams just so you guys can see it. Um, yeah, it's, for it's sure. Pretty cool stuff. So. Yeah, be sure to check it out. A lot of this stuff's really interesting. A lot, all of it's uh, pretty much game and nerd and geek related. Did you see that Bulbasaur she did? No. It's it's oh yeah, super high detailed. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, Yeah. it's like an eight bit style. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had two. She she has a a more basic like. um, She has two different ones on there. Uh, One of them's like more early. And one of them's later and, and super high detailed. Let's oh, yeah, I see him now. And then she's got a Mewtwo on there that's pretty awesome as well. So I'm going to have to check out more of this because I didn't get a chance to go through it all just yet. But uh, from what I've seen, everything on here is really good quality. Uh, be sure to check her page out uh, over at Etsy we'll, uh, from our link. And she'll hook you up with some great work. Yeah, and exciting news coming next week uh, for our 10th episode. We're going to be uh, setting up some... Um, Social networking. Uh, so check into that to, to, to learn what's going to be going on with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have some more announcements coming as well with that. But uh, for Episode 9, I am I think we're good here, Mike. We, you know, do you have anything else you can think of here? No, man. You have a great night. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being with me, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be getting more content out to him right away. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for Episode 9 of Nerd Sessions. 